0: This is Health Yeah! Your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Today we are talking about something that impacts men and the partners who love them at greater numbers than you might think. I'm talking about erectile dysfunction. In fact, 52% of men will experience some form of ED in their lifetime, making it an important health topic. Doctors describe ED as extremely common, impacting 30 million men in the US right now. And if you think this is a problem that only impacts older men, think again. Erectile dysfunction impacts 26% of men under the age of 40. So what causes it? How can you prevent it? What's the most effective treatment? And are there wider health implications to consider? Plus. Can a COVID infection make you more likely to experience ED? And what about all those supplements that promise to help? Today we're going to unpack it all, answering your questions on erectile dysfunction. Oh, and welcome to Prescription for Life. I'm Monica Robbins, and this is the Health and Wellness Show where we tackle the topics of some of your biggest health issues, including some considered taboo, especially today's subject, because men and their partners are often too embarrassed to discuss erectile dysfunction. They may be afraid to see a doctor to get help, but the experts we talk to say if you have ED or love a man who has ED, you are not alone. Most men will experience it sometime in their lifetime, and treatment is effective and inexpensive. We will get to all that in just a moment, plus talk about some new treatments that may surprise you. But first, take a look at these statistics. According to a recent Cleveland Clinic study, nearly 60% of men don't routinely see a doctor going only when they're seriously ill. Only three in five men get an annual physical, and half of all men say their health is just something they don't wanna talk about, period. And for all the women out there feeling frustrated with the men in your life, well, I'm here to add a little more fuel to the fire because women are 33% more likely to go to the doctor and get this, 100% more likely to get preventative care. So if your man is dragging his feet on getting to his doctor, no, this isn't a battle, you're fighting alone. But information is power and erectile dysfunction doesn't have to be a taboo subject. In fact, we wanna take the stigma away. So today, We get all the information you need from our Cleveland Clinic expert. Take a look. Joining me now is Dr. Peter Byich, a urologist with Cleveland Clinic. We're talking about erectile dysfunction, one of those things that a lot of people don't wanna talk about, but how prevalent is it?
1: So erectile dysfunction, or ED, is actually one of the most common conditions that men can get as they age. So the older man gets, the more likely he's gonna experience it. By age 80, the vast majority of men have experienced it at some point.
0: I wanna throw this out at you because this study just came out relating to COVID and ED, saying essentially that a quarter of men who've uh, dealt with a COVID infection are now suffering ED. Is there really a connection to this or is there more research that needs to be done?
1: So there's definitely a connection, particularly with severe COVID, it can cause something called endothelial dysfunction, which is basically uh, an issue with blood flow. uh, And one of the first signs of blood flow issues in the body for many men can be erectile dysfunction. There's some pretty solid evidence that shows that erectile dysfunction can precede a heart attack by about five years. So we refer to this as kind of the canary in the coal mine for cardiovascular issues.
0: Wow, that's really important to know that if people are dealing with this, obviously this is not something you you just kind of brush off and hope it goes away, right? You really need to see somebody?
1: Yeah, exactly. So if it's it's some sort of new change, particularly if things are you know getting worse it's always good to go and get evaluated for anybody that doesn't have a primary care doctor that's checking blood pressure and cholesterol those are usually the most common causes so you can start the conversation with your primary care doctor or even a urologist if you think you may be experiencing erectile dysfunction and then we can get the ball rolling towards the necessary evaluation that you should have to try to understand what the cause is because there's typically some sort of cause
0: so the symptoms are you know pretty much Self-explanatory, but is this something that happens once in a while, or does it hit men all at once?
1: So it depends. It can be one or the other. Uh, some men may have a situational type of um, performance anxiety-related issue. Uh, this is something that we see more commonly in younger men. Uh, but other men, may, it just may be a slow and progressive problem that the older they get, the more they start to have difficulty. Uh, So there's really a wide range, um, but if it's something that's bothersome, that's a reason to get it evaluated.
0: You talked about age obviously being one of the factors, but is there anybody more prone to get this than,
1: than others? Sure. Interestingly, it's not actually age in and of itself that's a risk factor. It's all of those things that come with age, blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, other health issues. Sometimes it can be a consequence of certain medications. Um, Definitely smoking has been proven to be one of the major causes. So anybody who's a smoker, the more time that you've been uh, using tobacco, the more likely you're gonna have this issue.
0: Wow, that would make a lot of people stop smoking, you'd think. Um, We know blood pressure can play a role, but um, can fixing your blood pressure or getting your diet in order, can that
1: reverse this? So there's a small part of this that can be reversible in certain scenarios. Definitely making sure that your blood pressure and cholesterol and all those things are well controlled. But exercise, specifically cardiovascular exercise where you're getting out of breath. So things like running, jogging, about 45 minutes, three times a week has been shown to reverse some of this. But the most important thing is to get your other health issues under control to help prevent further worsening.
0: So see Alice and Viagra pretty much changed your world, I would guess, entirely since those drugs came out. Are they still the gold standard or is there more coming down the the line?
1: So pretty much those are the vast majority of prescriptions that we write for men that have this issue. For me the first thing I always look at is, is there any reversible cause that might be contributing to this? Is there some medication that we might be able to change to a different one if this is a side effect? Um, And then another thing that sometimes is the cause is a low testosterone level, which is a hormone that's important for normal sexual function. It can decline with age. It's actually not a very common primary cause for this condition, but we always try to make sure that that's not what's causing it because that is something that's reversible. If a medication is necessary, those are two that we very commonly prescribe. There's, there are a couple new ones, but they're all pretty much equally effective, and those are the most affordable because they're generic now. I mean, you can get 90 of those for about 10 bucks through some of the mail order pharmacies, and that's without insurance.
0: I'm really glad you brought up testosterone because um, we're seeing so many commercials relating to supplemental testosterone and, and all the stuff you can just buy off the TV or buy online. What do people need to know about those uh, substances?
1: Yeah, so what they need to know is buyer beware when it comes to supplements. The way that I describe it to my patients is that the difference between supplements and pharmaceuticals are that supplements are not subject to any standardized testing or FDA approval. So we don't really know what the risks and benefits of those supplements are, and they can be very costly. Um, So in general, I always recommend to people that I know outside of work and my own patients to have that proper evaluation to figure out what the cause of your issues is, get the appropriate testing, and if you do have low testosterone, this is something that should be covered by your insurance as a treatment. Uh, the supplements really have never been proven to increase testosterone levels and for many men even increasing that testosterone level is not necessarily going to fix the problem which might be more related to blood flow or some other issue
0: and speaking of supplements there are a number of them out there that claim they can fix ed as well what's your advice to people who may be thinking of buying those because they don't want to talk about this issue with their doctor.
1: Yeah same kind of thing you know I I would be very cautious uh, with some of the supplements there's actually been a number of supplements that have been pulled off the market for containing actual pharmaceutical drugs which is illegal Um, so it just goes back to that fact that the supplements are they're not subject to that same level of testing we don't always necessarily know what they are or how how they're made so in general I recommend to most of my patients to avoid them with the exception of things that do have evidence to support them, like multivitamins, vitamin D when when there's a deficiency and things like that. Uh, But in general, these costly supplements that say they're gonna cure your issue, in general, there's really not any truth to that and you should seek you know, uh, medical help from somebody with experience that can set you down the right path to make sure there's not some underlying health issue and then also fix the issue that you're dealing with.
0: CBD, everybody, (laughs) it fixes everything is my understanding, but uh, a lot are claiming that it does help with ED. Is there truth to that?
1: So as far as I'm aware, there's no high quality evidence to support CBD as a treatment for erectile dysfunction, but I do know that there's a lot of investigation going on around the country in this area. So I look forward to seeing the results of some of those studies and hopefully in the next few years we'll have a better idea of uh, what the benefit to that might be.
0: There's still a lot of stigma around ED and there are a lot of women who may be watching this. How do you approach this with your partner?
1: Yeah, I think you know, unfortunately, for, due to a lot of different reasons, men have a tendency to avoid talking about these issues. Some of it may be that uh, they're worried about what might, the cause might be, and they, they don't want to kind of admit that there's a problem. There's also some cultural factors related to them wanting to feel macho and not necessarily admit that there's a problem. Um, but I think it's really important to explain to men that these can be the sign of a more serious issue. So it's important to be willing to talk to that, to talk about that to your doctors. They've heard it all. They're used to talking about this kind of stuff. And there really should be no shame to bring it up with your partner because what you don't want is your partner to think that, you know, it's just that you're disinterested or something. But if you're experiencing a real real issue with difficulty, it's treatable, it's fixable. You know, we see a lot of guys that, you know, they they end up being functioning way better than they were 10, 15 years ago and they're very happy. So we always try to engage the partner whenever possible. I encourage my patients to bring their partner with them. And sometimes it takes you know, having that conversation with both of them to help the guy quit smoking or take better care of his health. So it's always, we consider this a, a condition that affects both members of a couple uh, and we definitely engage both in the treatment plan.
0: For those who uh, medication may not work, are there other options?
1: Yes, absolutely. So this is, I think, one of the most common misconceptions that's out there is that if the pills aren't working, there's no other option. That's where you know, urologists and you know, sexual medicine specialists like myself have a lot, I think, to offer those patients. Uh, there are a number of different treatments out there. Um, we have things like shockwave therapy, we have vacuum erection devices, injection therapies, and even implants that are covered by insurance that you know, can be used, oftentimes are used in men that have been treated for certain cancers that have affected those issues. And, and that, these, some, many of these have been around since as far back as the 1970s and guys just simply don't know about them. So don't be discouraged if the pills don't work. Come and see somebody and learn about what the options are that might be appropriate for your individual case because no two men are exactly the same. And know that no matter the severity of the issue, it's always treatable.
0: You brought up, I gotta unpack everything you just said because there were a few words in there that I could just see men cringing when they hear. So let's start with shockwave therapy.
1: Yeah, so this is kind of an area that's currently being investigated that I think we're going to hear a lot more about in the coming years. Um, so urologists have used something called shockwave therapy for years to crack kidney stones. And um, more recently, this type of technology in a lower energy setting has been FDA approved for the treatment of certain conditions like plantar fasciitis in the foot or chronic non-healing wounds and things like that. Well. Researchers have started investigating this as a treatment option for erectile dysfunction. Um, For example, we're doing some clinical trials now where we're exploring this and whether it might be beneficial to some men. Um, So this is something that's now being investigated, investigated that practices are starting to use. There are some, what I call knockoffs of that, uh, which is called radial wave therapy that a lot of places offer. That one has been proven to not really work very well. So the bottom line is that further work is needed to to prove how this is gonna compare to oral medications, but there are select patients with a milder form of erectile dysfunction that it may be appropriate for. Uh,
0: Are you talking like an ultrasound, is that what it is?
1: So it's basically, it's it's not so much an ultrasound, but it's focused energy that causes little microscopic uh, tissue trauma or damage that then your body tries to create new blood supply in that area. Um, so that's why it's been beneficial for you know wound healing and other, other things. It is not at this point FDA approved for the treatment of erectile dysfunction. So it's something that we definitely need more uh, information about to understand how it's going to fit into the whole ED landscape.
0: Vacuum, injection, you mentioned <laughs> all of those too. So let's un- unpack that. Um, Vacuum therapy. Yeah. It sounds like I kind of have an idea of what it might be, but let me let me have you medically explain.
1: Sure. So a vacuum erection device is basically a plastic cylinder that's placed on the penis that with a button pressed creates a vacuum inside that causes the penis to fill with blood. And then there's basically a constrictive rubber band that has to be placed around the base of the penis to hold the blood in. Some men use this along with oral medications to help it work better. Uh, and this, is, this type of device has been around for a long time. There is a difference between medical grade devices and non-medical grade devices that you might see at a, a sex shop or something like that. The non-medical grade devices are, can actually injure you. So it's important if you're gonna invest in this type of product to get one that's medical grade, that has what's called a pressure limiter that won't allow you to over inflate and hurt yourself. Overall satisfaction with those devices isn't very high, but it's a nice non-invasive treatment that some men might choose, particularly if the pills are not working quite as well. Um, The next one that I mentioned is injection therapy, and that's basically, it's a stronger drug that is inserted directly into the penis by using a tiny little smallest needle that exists uh, about 10 minutes before sexual activity into the side of the penis. Uh, It works quite well, but as you might imagine, many men aren't too keen on the idea of using needles in that area. And usually if they're considering that option, it's because they've already tried and failed the oral medications. But that works quite well. It's important that that be prescribed and um, instructions given by somebody who's experienced in prescribing that because there are some serious risks if you were to give yourself too much and things like that.
0: All right, final thoughts. What do you want men and women to keep in mind?
1: So I cannot emphasize enough that this is a very common issue that couples deal with, Um, particularly the older you get, the more likely you're gonna be experiencing this type of issue. It's something you should feel totally comfortable bringing to your doctor's attention. Go see a urologist or even your primary care doctor uh, and get set down, first of all, that path to try to understand what the cause is and see if there's some underlying issue that hasn't been identified or hasn't been optimized. And then also know that no matter the severity, no matter how long you've been having this issue, it is always treatable. And you just need to get connected with the right type of uh, doctor or, you know, provider that can help you with that.
0: Dr. Byage, no nonsense, common sense advice. Thank you
1: so much. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.
0: Now, as we mentioned earlier, polls show men do not take care of their health. In fact, nearly half of all men say their pet's health is more important than their own. Reporter Heather Meyer from our San Diego station, KFMB, has that story.
2: It's lunchtime at Fortis Gym in Carlsbad. Pull up towards the back hip, okay? People are pumping iron and getting in shape. Perfect. Owner Adam Jacobs so says after a few rough years during Fortis, the height of the Fortis. pandemic.
3: We're definitely growing. We're working our way back to where we were before. Uh, but it's
1: the energy is there and it's a lot of fun.
2: And Jacobs is busy. He got married last year. And just four months ago, his daughter was born.
1: I'm 36 now. When I'm 50, she's gonna be 14, so I need to still be able to go for a hike with her, play catch, kick a soccer ball, go for a run, whatever. Uh, I wanna be around to be able to do those things for her.
2: That's why Jacob says he wants all men to stay fit and healthy so they can live longer, healthier lives. But according to a recent Harris poll, a third of men don't think they need annual health screenings. Two-thirds believe they are naturally healthier than other men. And 40% of men prioritize their pet's health over their own.
3: You know, why go to the doctor if I'm feeling well? And so I think that um, is a big part of of why some men don't go to the doctor every year.
2: Dr. David Levine is an internist at Scripps Health. He says many men won't go to the doctor unless their wife or partner tells them to. But no matter the age, Dr. Levine says there are some annual screenings that all men should be getting.
3: I think it's important uh, to check blood pressure. I think that's one of these silent killers that we know can impact health in the long run Um, most people feel totally fine with elevated blood pressures and we know there are millions of people are walking around with high blood pressures uh, now that are under treated or untreated
2: the new age for colon cancer screening is 45 and that's for men and women And for men over 55, putting off your prostate screening because you're scared of the test is not an excuse anymore. It's now as simple as a blood test.
3: And the good news for these men um, is that digital rectal exams are no longer recommended uh, for prostate cancer screening.
2: Dr. Levine says it's not just about the body though. He says mental health issues in men are significantly increasing, especially for those now working from home.
3: If you're doing a lot of work that can be stressful from home, you, you tend to look at that home in a different light and i think that can be troublesome for a lot of folks
2: back at fortis gym in carlsbad adam jacobs says a healthy diet and a daily workout can make a significant difference in the body and the mind
1: if nothing else it just gets you out of the house out of your office you know get some fresh air be around some other people who are like-minded and you know camaraderie and pushing you to be your best i think mentally is a really really important point
0: So the moral of the story, gentlemen, you need to take care of your health. The earlier something is found, the better and easier it may be to fix. So we hope you learned a little something about erectile dysfunction and men's health in today's episode of Prescription for Life. Please join us next week for another episode. Until then, I'm Monica Robbins wishing you good health. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah! Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins' channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios.